Welcome to Our Certain Point of View, where your hosts, Jim and Tim, will bring you new weekly discussions about the Star Wars universe. Our Certain Point of View is a fan-based podcast and has no connections with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very tardy episode of Our Certain Point of View. I'm Jim. Hello there. I'm Tim. He is Tim. What are we doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? Episode 88 of Our Certain Point of View. Today is Friday, July 30th. And where have we been? We've been gone. We've been we've been missing in action. Yeah. yeah Papa Bear's yeah. still missing. I don't know what's going on with that guy. He has not responded to any of our messages. I hope he's okay. Yeah, Papa Bear is uh, missing. Jim and I have been looking for him. Uh, and that's, that's where we've been. That's, uh, mm. that's the story. You I'm found somebody to interesting today, though. I did. I did meet somebody interesting today. Um, Who did you meet? So our local comic book store hosted a signing by Dominic Pace. Um, And if you don't recognize that name, and she recognize that name, if you don't recognize that name, uh, he played in the series The Mandalorian. I've heard of that. Bounty hunter by the name of Gecko. Um, So I've got a a picture with him and a signed a comic book for for our certain point of view. Yeah, um, I'll be posting some pictures of those. That's so cool. Probably first thing in the morning. Um, so it was it was really awesome, and we we chatted a bit um, about you know his character and and his hopes for his character and things like that. And uh, but as as with everything, we're waiting until the end of August to know what in the world is going on with everything. I think the end of August. I think is that when uh, D twenty three is. That didn't happen this year, did it? D twenty three. Yeah, the expo. I don't know. Um. I know it's hot in my house. No, huh. that's in November. There's a big, maybe not the twenty, maybe not end of August, whatever. Sometime soon, because we're still waiting on. And this is one of my things that's that's in our news for the day. We're still waiting, and it's been twenty days since we've recorded, but we are still still waiting on any specific date for, you know, anything. Anything. <laughs> Everything is still <clears throat> coming at some point. Um, you know, Visions, Acolyte, Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian Season 3, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Andor Series, Ahsoka, all of it. Um, we have years, and that's pretty much it. Book of Boba yeah. Fett, we have December, right? We know that, but we just do not have the information that we want for Star Wars, and uh, that's a little bothersome. Well, I got some news. Go for it. I was just going to tell you where I've been for the last 20 days. A short recap. Yeah? You interested? Go for it. Yeah, tell us where you chased Papa Bear. Well, my family and I, we, we are going to take our family vacation, take two weeks. We're going to drive across the United States from the East Coast all the way out to uh, Wyoming. And uh, got on the road. And, well, first of all, spent a ton of money making sure the car was ready. We bought a new uh, camper. We bought a camper. I was very excited about that. Um, so wanted to make sure that the car was all set up. So spent a lot of money getting the suspension redone on the car and all. Because it's starting to show little signs of age. But it was a solid car, I thought. Um, get on the road. And the AC breaks five miles down the road. 
And I'm not driving across states like Missouri in uh, July without AC. Yeah, so took it back yeah, to the be, place. Yeah, you'd be in misery. It, well, I do call that state misery. And if you're from Missouri, no offense, but uh, I had a rough time there. Um, yeah, that place is crazy, man. But anyway, so I was like, well, we can't do it. So we turn around uh, two days to get the AC fixed. And it ends up costing a fortune because pretty much the whole thing had a system failure. Don't know. Anyway, so two days late, we get on the road. And now it's like late afternoon, and we're supposed to meet some family out in Colorado, so we kind of got deadlines. I booked all these campgrounds in advance, and I uh, had to cancel a bunch of them, lost my deposit on uh, on all of those, um, which was a lot of money. So now we're, uh, we hadn't even gotten on the road, we're already pretty deep in the hole. Um, that's okay though, because we got the car, we got ice cold AC, we got this new camper, we're going to start heading west you know, but uh, we had to wait. The mechanic didn't get done until like five o'clock. We're, we're going anyway. We're two days late already. So that night, drive all the way out. We made it to Lexington, Kentucky, which is uh, around 500 miles from where we are. Um, as I'm pulling off the interstate, and by the way, Cabela's is really cool. If you have a camper, they let you stay in their parking lot for, for free overnight. You can just pull in and camp. They, it's kind of cool deal. So we find the Cabela's because it's like two in the morning um and my cat's in here he's making all kinds of noise as i'm pulling off the interstate tim i hear a giant boom that's not good that's not good didn't have first gear huh so limp the thing into the cabela's parking lot and the you know we just go to bed there's no ac in the camper because it's not hooked up to electricity so it's kind of a miserable night wake up at like 5 30 uh so i got like two hours sleep and uh i don't know what to do so i start calling uh, as soon as it's you know time i start calling car shops and they're all like yeah we can fix your uh, transmission but it's like four grand and it'll take three weeks <laughs> but hey we have roadside assistance so we're squared away. So we call them, and they're like, no, we can't. The bottom line is none of our warranty stuff that we paid you know, through the nose for helped us at all. So we're just stranded in a Cabela's parking lot. No rental cars available in the entire city of Lexington, Tim. Do you think the audience wants to hear this story? I think it's a good story. I do. Well, yeah, yeah, I do. No rental cars. Entire city of Lexington. And I don't know what to do anyway. I'm 500 miles from home. Get in the car just to start it, and it doesn't even start. The starter went out. It's not the battery. So the car is basically dead. Completely so dead. What, Had to it, literally it, push it out from in front of the trailer. Can I ask a question here? Yeah. When when you got those, because I know you got a phone call or two. Um, did, you, did you reach out about your car's extended warranty? <laughs> I accepted the extended warranty. It didn't, um, I, just to was, clarify for those out there, we are not saying that the extended warranty phone calls are real. They are, of course, scam phone calls. I've been to tell you, I've been trying to reach you about your cars. <laughs> don't don't take our where we're going that. with this. Hey, folks, have you got extended warranties for your car? <laughs> 88 episodes in just to surprise you with it. All right, so there are no rental cars. The starter goes, and you had to push 
the vehicle out from the yeah. camper space. And the Cabela's people, super nice. They were like, uh, hey, you know, if you need to leave your camper here, that's fine. Because usually they don't let you stay more than one night. They, they're trying to prevent homesteading. And I get that. But they were like, you know, we see you're having trouble. You're not from here. Everybody we met in Kentucky, by the way, really nice. Um, so... <laughs> Oh my gosh! I called U-Haul. Uh, everyone except U-Haul, because I called those guys, and they're like, "Yeah, we got a we got a truck you can rent, and it's even got a dolly, like you know, vehicle tow uh, trailer, so you can put your vehicle on that if you want to move that somewhere, and you can, you know, blah blah blah." And they're like, "Yeah, just give us two hours to arrange everything. We got them sitting here on the lot. Wait two hours. Don't hear anything. I call them. Now we're waiting in a Cabela's parking lot. This is our vacation, day two. Nobody slept." Um, I call them and they're like, no, I don't know who told you that. We don't have any vehicles available. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so I started calling people back home and, uh, you know, a couple of friends agreed to, you know, we were like, Hey, let me just drive my truck out there, grab your trailer and bring, bring out home at least. So you're not out in the middle of nowhere Cabela's. Um, and I was, I almost gave in. I found a budget rental car, 16 foot uh, box truck, right? And it's got a tow hitch on the back of it, but they don't have any trailers to carry a vehicle with. And I don't know what to do with my car. Um, I don't know, period, whether I should get it fixed, whether I should junk it. I don't know what to do. Um, and <laughs> I was like, so you got the tow hitch? And they're like, yeah, but we don't have any vehicle trailers. I'm like, but it has the tow hitch. And they're like, you are not allowed to tow anything with this vehicle except for what we rent you. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. I, I got that. Allegedly, maybe I might have used that budget rental truck. I mean, in theory, I'm not saying I did, but hypothetically, I could have used that budget rental truck to tow that trailer an hour outside of Lexington to one of the few campgrounds we actually did get. I also might have allegedly, in theory, got lost in the mountains of eastern Kentucky and drove... <laughs> This trailer up a mountain dirt road I'm, I'm again this is all hypothetical using hip camp which is a great app by the way should do an ad for hip camp it's like airbnb but it's for uh campsites people let you uh, i host it in my own uh yard uh people let you stay in their yards and they sometimes they have electricals hookups and water and even sewage hookups at some of these sites um but we got one and the lady's like here's the address i apparently moved the map with my finger at some point didn't realize it and I was driving up this mountain and then I suddenly realized you know we're it's getting so steep um, that <laughs> there's no going back if I keep going and so I'm like I don't think this there's no way this could be it so bear in mind two days before this because I'd have no trailer pulling experience I was like oh I should practice backing up the trailer in my neighbor's driveway and I was intimidated by that now, here I am, and I didn't get a chance to practice, by the way, because the car broke down. Uh, but here I am, backing down a mountain road with these swamps on either side of this thing, headed back up about 100 feet in a box truck, theoretically, uh, hypothetically, um, that I never even told my wife it didn't have the correct electrical hookup, so we had no taillights or brake lights on the trailer the whole time we were pulling it. In theory, <laughs> she doesn't know that. Uh, and I'm betting well, she she's going to find out when she listens to this episode of the podcast. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I feel safe telling it on here. So <laughs> I start backing up. And again, we are in the woods, nowhere, Kentucky, mountains up there. You know what I'm talking about? And 
this there is this opening and there's like this little horse corral and this dude comes out and I'm like oh no he's gonna be like, why are you driving across my land destroying everything and this big truck carrying this little trailer what is going on here but instead he comes out and he's like oh just pull it this way turn cut the wheel this way totally helps us we start sliding sideways down the mountain in this truck because it's all mud and fortunately I was able to gun it and correct it blah 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 this is day two. Now, this is day three. We spent day two in the parking lot. Um, finally get, realize the mistake I made, find the campsite, and it turned out to be gorgeous. And this is the first time something went right for us. Um, so I put the camper at the campsite. This little old lady running this beautiful campsite out in this gorgeous valley. And <laughs> then we go to bed feeling a little better but still defeated. Don't know what they're going to do. Wake up the next day. Wife has this idea. She's like, why don't we just sell the car to CarMax? Because they'll buy cars that aren't running. Did you know that? I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. I didn't know that. She's like, just let's just sell the car to CarMax and buy a new car. Obviously, we need a new car. So I drive the box truck into town, which is an hour away, um, go to the CarMax, and sure enough, they're like, yeah. Meanwhile, again, allegedly with this box truck, it seats three. We had four people and a dog in this thing. <laughs> a big dog, too. Well, medium-sized. My dog's about 40, 50 pounds. He's not small. Um, we get to CarMax, and they're like, yeah, just have your car towed here. So I did. They gave us some money for it. Um, found the car we wanted. Unbelievably well-priced, but it wasn't in Lexington. It was in Louisville which is an hour away from Lexington. And the people at CarMax, again, shout out to those guys, them and Cabela's, um, they're like, you know what? We're going to have someone just drive it up. And they did. A guy just drove it up for us from Lexington so we could look at it. And we're like, we want it. So we bought a car, <laughs> put down a pretty good down payment on this thing. So we are way, way, way over our budget for this vacation. That was day four, I think. And then... Spent one more night in Kentucky, then drove with our new vehicle and our new trailer all the way out to Kansas, made it to Colorado, and so on and so on. And that's my trip story. I mean, we saw some beautiful things, made it to Devil's Tower in Wyoming, so Mount Rushmore, um, yeah, Crazy Horse, uh, the Black Hills, Deadwood, uh, the Rocky Mountains, Estes Park. Saw the hotel that The Shining is based on. Um, it was a great vacation after that, but that first five days... Those are about the scariest, weirdest days of my life. And I was in Army. <laughs> Had to throw that in some point. So that was, uh, that was my vacation. What do you think? The audience is loving this podcast. Uh, they probably are. It's a, it's a good little story. Um, well, there is one also uh, kind of fun after note, end note. Um, one of my kids uh, ended up flying home. Uh, some stuff at home that, and she's an adult, she needed to deal with. Um, so we, we flew her home from Denver. Um, <laughs> and so she got home about four or five days before we did. And she calls us and she's like, There's no water. Which we have a well. This happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, I'm like, oh, somebody must have left an outdoor spigot on or something. Like, we had a, a soaker hose for the garden that was on a timer. I thought maybe the timer didn't work. 
you know, if you listen to this, it sounds like I live in a really nice place. Um, <laughs> I don't. Because it turns out the hot water heater, the bottom of it had fallen out and flooded my basement. And that's what we came home to. Uh-huh. So, yep. there's my story, folks. We still, to right now, do not have hot water. And I've been home for almost a week, about four or five days. <sighs> I didn't know that. Yeah, the insurance company is like, oh, we cover this, but you can't just buy a hot water heater and put it in. We have to get it from our supplier. And we so we've been waiting two days for their supplier. I'm like, I could run to Lowe's or Home Depot and grab one right now. Yeah. But no. So anyway. Yeah, I know how that works. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Um, My family and I went on a little mini vacation, too, um, with... uh, significantly less excitement on the way there and on the way back so far more um, drama than i ever wanted yeah um so my biggest news is a couple of things that are coming out of the star wars universe (laughs) yeah this is star wars podcast well you know (laughs) um just i mean that's just what i have uh there is a lego set uh, officially revealed lego set seven five three one nine and it is the Armorer's Forge. Ooh! like the um, armor. Yep. So that, I don't, September 1st, I think is when that's being released. Um, but the official reveal is out. Um, so it's, it's a pretty cool looking set. Um, I like, nice. I like, I like, I like. Um, also, and it looked like this was a rumor at first, but it's not. Um, Back when Luke Skywalker, um, uh, yeah, spoiler for uh, well, there's no way to come back. Yeah, I mean, that. we, I mean, if they hadn't seen it by now, I mean, it's out yeah, we're there everywhere. Away. All right, spoiler for <laughs> the last Mandalorian. episode of season um, two when, of the Mandalorian. When Luke Skywalker showed up in the Mandalorian, um, of course they it was young Luke. It was you know very um, CGI. Yeah. And someone did... Which I thought uh, it was well done. It was well done. Um, someone did what, what they call a deep fake, and they, they actually made it look a little more realistic. It, I saw the, that. The CGI looked even better. It did. Um, the online alias of this person is Shamook. Shamook. Um, this person has done a few other things. And uh, Industrial Light and Magic, ILM, Lucasfilm's effect division, hired them. Nice. Um, That's so cool. I saw that. Officially on staff. Yep. I kind of dismissed it as just a rumor. I didn't believe it at first, so I'm glad to hear that was actually true. Because yeah, I wasn't unhappy with the uh, with the you know originally it was done, but I did see that guy's remake, the deep fake. It was better. It was cool. Yeah. So, so very home. cool stuff happening home. there. Um, to counter that, <laughs> and this is um, I, I usually like. Where I, where I got this other article from, and I'm not even going to say where it's from. I'm just going to read the title. It says, Star Wars is bizarrely retconning Return of the Jedi. Um, mm. So retcon is a word that we've been hearing a lot. Yeah. And, you know, all these things, they're talking about the sequels being done over again by, by Filoni and Favreau and... You know all these things. They're like you know Kathleen, and I keep seeing them specifically. They're like, oh yeah, Kennedy's trilogy, Kathleen Kennedy's trilogy is going to be gone, and Filoni and Favreau are going to 
you know, mm. but the reality is Kathleen Kennedy is still part of the Mandalorian. Um, she's still an, ex- I think she's the executive producer still for that show. Yep. Um, so, I mean, it's, <laughs> that stuff's all, all crazy, but this, this retconning is becoming a, a buzzword and, um, it worked for this particular article. They got me to click on this. And when you read, if you actually read the article that's out there, it's nonsense. Um, mm. The they're referencing the comic books, and we will tell the specific stories of these comic books that happen in between episodes five and six, um, between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Um, and what they're doing is providing more information in between those two storylines. It's not changing the movie. <clears throat> and really you know? nowhere in the book does it actually say that. Um, I just feel like they're kind of misusing the word retconning there, but they're Star filling in some Wars. gaps, which is what we do in Star Wars. You know, so there's... I, I don't know. I, just if you, if you read that stuff out there, it's not... <laughs> don't worry. Return of the Jedi is not going anywhere as of right now. Heck no. That would be so. suicide. Um, Star Wars, oddly enough, has kind of an easy out as far as doing this sort of like reimaginings um because we all know the old phrase there's what you saw there's what i saw and then there's the truth right meaning you know everything is from a certain point of view and star wars a new hope points that out um well actually it's empire strikes back everything i told you was true from a certain point of view was that empire yeah yeah Yes. And, yeah, um, they could always say, all right, this is a different perspective on uh, events we've already seen before or at least heard something about. I don't know. I'm just not that picky of a Star Wars fan. I like it. I like it yeah, a lot. I mean, it, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. It was just a, it was just a weird article title. Um, that's all. But uh, Oh, one that, more thing I, I think should is, say. Oh, go for it. If... <laughs> Our certain point of view, and specifically Jem, does not endorse ever pulling a trailer without the lights hooked up. And that's why that was all alleged and just hypothetical, especially with a budget rental truck. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, that probably didn't belong there. What else you got? Uh, That's about it. Yay. Well... You know, not only was I MIA from this show, but I was MIA from another show. So now's a good time to throw in the commercial for that. I uh, typically, uh, you know, every Tuesday would release Jim's Corner on The Riff. And I have been missing for the last two weeks from that show as well. So why don't we take a moment right now and go to our sponsor, The Riff. Hey, this is Gordon from the Riff Radio Show Podcast, a radio show dedicated to the music of Generation X. We release a new show every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we play music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we take your requests. And unlike the old days when you had to wait forever to get your request on your favorite radio show, I always put your requests on our Saturday morning all-request episode. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes of any episode and request a song. The Riff is only available on Spotify, so head on over today and subscribe. The Riff, only on Spotify. All right, so again, that's Gordon with The Riff, only on Spotify. And I do hope to make my less-than-triumphal return uh, next Tuesday, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Not surprisingly, the theme of the show will be uh, 
yeah, road trip songs. Tim, you know I drove <laughs> forty nine hundred miles during that vacation. Yep. My my wife didn't didn't pull the trailer. Um, she was willing. I was a little more hesitant. Um, <laughs> and the the last part of it, we went from Iowa all the way back to the East Coast. Because we were supposed to stop in Ohio, we got a campsite there, we go to Ohio, the campsite looks like a scary version of Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> yeah, it, the, the, you know, the Friday the 13th campground. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're like, look, we're only you know, six and a half hours from home. Of course, I've been driving for over 10 hours at that point. But I, I felt good, so I was like, yeah, we're pushing through. So that last night, I ended up driving because it's never six and a half hours when you got a trailer. Um, drove 21 hours, Tim. I drove for 21 hours and went 1,100 miles in one go. Oh, I mean, that's hypothetically. Ridiculous. Oh, wait, that's not right. illegal. That's only illegal if you're a truck driver. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was my vacation. What are we doing? Let's do countdowns. Let's do countdowns. <laughs> what are we doing? All right. The next thing coming out for us. Well, we missed uh, Out of the Shadows, uh, the release of it. Um, oh, speaking of which, what was the book I just read of the High Republic? Um, Is that called Out of the Shadows? Or the Razor's no. Edge or something? Path of Destruction? Um, uh, uh, Darkness... Uh, Darkness Rising. Uh, <laughs> we don't know. That hadn't been said. It actually was. I'm a not done good, with it. It yet. was a fun read. I, I finished. Yeah, it. I, it was, I am enjoying it. It was. I mean, it's all Rising action, Storm. Much. Is it Rising Storm? I really don't know. I, I consumed the audiobook. Not kidding. Entirely on that drive from Iowa home. <laughs> so in a 21 hour marathon ride, I listened to I the entire audiobook. Yeah, what's it? It is The Rising Storm. The Rising Storm. Um, good book. Uh, well, better book than what we've seen from The High Republic before. I mean, it kept my interest. For I didn't crash. Yeah. I didn't fall asleep at the wheel. So, and I was I was hopeful of that from, uh, from Scott's You were book. hopeful that I'd fall asleep um, at the wheel. Scott is the last name of the author of the book, Kevin Scott. Um, it, so and was, it is an action hopeful. book. It doesn't really add much to the lore of Star Wars or anything, although we do see some questionable Jedi stuff in a good way, meaning like, whoa, what does it mean that a Jedi did that? Um, yeah. There's a few things like that in it. Um, but in general, it's just kind of an action story set during the High Republic. Um, I do find those books very difficult to keep track of who's who in those books because it is all new people except for two. They had... Um, Ah, Appa, Rancis. Is that his name? Rancis Appa. He's one of the uh, Jedi Council that's actually in the, the prequel movies. Um, and Yoda is mentioned, of course, a few times. Yeah. Um, so Rancis actually has a few lines. They actually talk to him. Is that his name? Anyway, he's hundreds of years old, so he was around back then, too. But the companion book to that, the young adult novel, was released three days ago, uh, Out of the Shadows. Uh, but our next countdown, we got two coming up in 39 days, September 7th. Yes, we got yes. the Life Day Treasury Life coming Day really Treasury. soon. Going to be awesome. Oh, um, short stories. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm pretty excited about that. We got a reference book coming out. Yeah, and then we got a visual history reference book for Star Wars. Star Wars by year, a visual history. And those are September 7th, um, which is 39 days away. Next is September 14th. So one week later, 46 days away, we get another book. Yeah. yeah. Keep a it going. replica journal. Rebel Hero Journal. So uh, not sure who the rebel is. And then a TV series. Is this correct? Yes. This is the one, man. This one's exciting. Um, and I and I mentioned this one earlier, but I kind of did it in my rant of us not knowing what's coming, when it's coming. And this one, we actually do know when it's coming. Um, I'd forgotten about that, even though I put it on our countdown. Oh. Um, and that is Visions. Yeah. What's that about? Visions is the... Um, my understanding of this is it is going to be a Japanese um, anime-style uh, collection of Star Wars shows, but yeah. I think each one of them is individual, completely separate from the others. They're all you know unique episodes, um, and this is the one where they have basically free reign of Star Wars to just make cool stuff. You know, is, is it kind of like the Animatrix? Did you ever see that? No. So the Animatrix was exactly what you're describing. It was a series of like short animated films like by different artists that were all took place within the matrix universe so it kind of sounds like what it's something like that like to the point that i'm pretty sure they they could do a series a scene when which um we hear james Earl jones say something like i am your father and you know a mark hamill character be like no you're not and then you hear the james Earl jones character go you're right, I'm not, and then just slash him, right? Like, <laughs> they have, I, I'm, I'm, the multiverse. from what I understand, they have free reign. Would that I think. be a, a Darth Vader variant? Yeah, so it'd be, it'd be <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. Now, one of the things, just because I wanted to verify the date because of my rant earlier, I, I threw this up here. Um, along with teases for all nine short films and anime anthology, Star Wars series will release September 22nd on Disney Plus. And Disney Plus Hotstar. Ooh. Do you know what that is? I do not. Okay. I don't know if that's uh, an overseas... Like, I've just never heard Hotstar. Never heard of it. That's an overseas... But that does remind me. Did you see what was going on? Oh, here we go. Oh, you found it? Disney Plus Hotstar is India's largest premium streaming platform with more than... 100,000 hours of drama and movies in 17 language and coverage of every major dot, dot, dot. Interesting. Dot, dot, so dot. Anyway. Huh? Um, huh. Okay, well, so what were you saying? <laughs> I was saying, not Star Wars, but Disney, um, Scarlett Johansson. Did you hear the drama there? No. So apparently her uh, compensation was tied to box office sales and they did not divulge to her that they were going to also release it on Disney Plus Premium. <laughs> Which is kind of a big deal when your paycheck is based on box office. Uh, so she was understandably very upset about this. And in fact, I think her agent you know, is suing uh, Disney for this, and the producer, director, the director, I can't remember who directed uh, Black Widow, um, he apparently has come out vocally on her side saying, yeah, we none of us realized that Disney was going to do this, so yeah, they uh, 
So she's suing them, and it'll be interesting because I in this I I mean I I think she's in the right on this. Um, so I don't know. You hadn't heard about that? No, I hadn't. Um, yeah, it does yep. it does raise some interesting questions, and uh, well, and I'll say it's a. Let me find the best way to say this. This is this is maybe one of the best places for it to happen. Um, because, you know, I feel like, I mean, in my mind, Disney's going to do what they're supposed to do and, and pay her what she's owed. You know, she's big enough that... They might not be able to calculate that, and that's always going to be the issue. They'll pay her. I imagine they're going to have to cut right. her a check. So but... there, there's going to be, a, there will be a settlement. Yeah. Um, and I would say, I mean, you can base certain things on the number of premium subscriptions, the uh, premium uh, releases of it. And and it's not, now it is a little bit different because once, you know, we got the premium once, we held on to it for four months. We don't have to pay for it anymore. Yeah. Um, so that does, that does raise some plus, issues. I mean, but what well, I, mean I mean is... If I got the premium, I might show it to, you know, my, my whole family's watching. They have right. no way of figuring that out. Right. Well, that's what that's I mean. four tickets at the uh, box office. Right, and that's and that's something that's going to have to. I mean, for the future, um, with both Disney and Premium and HBO Max is doing it with the WB movies, um, you know, all these things that are coming out directly to streaming services and also in theaters. Um, a lot of contracts are written like this currently, and I think they're going to have to start looking at reworking them if that's going to be the new norm. So what I meant was this being a good thing is that. This is a very, very, very big, right-in-your-face company. Um, Scarlett Johansson is a very, very, very big, right-in-your-face celebrity. Um, so this happening with this particular movie is going to take all of the, um, all of the different uh, uh, production companies and make them have to rework their contracts. That's which true. Is, which is good. And that's what I mean. So, yeah. like... When well, yeah, I say, I, I agree, you know, she's she's gonna kind of make sure that nobody else falls into this, but it right. is at her own, you know, yeah, to her detriment. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. Um, yeah. I love what Disney's done with Marvel and with Star Wars, but I mean, corporations sometimes make business decisions that, uh, yeah kind of have ill effects on uh, either their consumers or their employers or employees rather um so interesting um and, and this you know like and <laughs> find the right way to say this these companies are so huge that huge to be completely honest whoever's whoever's you know putting the money back into to disney probably was like well, well we got away with this but there's also a chance that they were like, this is how we write contracts, and yeah, they wrote I, the contract, and like it was just a, and uh, I, I imagine it was an oversight. I um, agree. I've worked for Fortune 500 companies, and I think this is a, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing um, yeah. kind of situation, because it is a complex thing, um, and Disney certainly wouldn't have wanted the bad press of one of their premier you know, actors coming forward and saying, they didn't pay me. Or, or they, they intentionally misled me on my contract. Because it has taken some of the fun and steam out of the out of the sales that is Black Widow, which is, by the way, a fantastic movie. Um, 
Yeah, love that movie. And, now, I uh, did I did open up, and it says a Disney spokesman said that Mr. Johansson's suit had no merit um, and is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Wow. That they fully complied wow. with her contract. And I don't know the whole story. Um, now, to me, well, I don't know when recording happened, I guess. I mean, I thought the recording for this... I don't know. Yeah, we'll never know. I mean, and that's part of it because she probably signed the contract back in 2019. I'm guessing, but I would say they probably signed this contract back in 2019 before everything shut down and, and we had no idea what was going to happen. That's that's true. And that there's a good chance that, that nobody even thought about it until now. Um, well, that took us way off countdowns. <laughs> in countdowns. 74 days, we get the novel Ronan. That'll be yes. October 12th. 95 days, we get Queen's Hope, a young adult novel about um, Padme Amidala. That's November 2nd. 109 days, Thrawn Ascending, Thrawn Ascension, uh, Lesser Evil, the novel comes out. I need to finish those books. I got ha uh, halfway into the second or third one, maybe the second one, and I don't know why. I liked them. I just stopped. Uh, anyway, Wookiee Life Day is 110 days away, Tim. November seventeenth, yeah, and the book of Boba Fett, we have still set down as one hundred forty-eight days, uh, assuming it'll be a Christmas release. Three hundred eighty-four days until celebration twenty twenty-two. I think still in Anaheim, California, um, and Rogue Squadron. The movie we're projecting way out, December twenty-second, twenty twenty-three. Eight hundred and seventy-five days away. All right, so. We got a lot to talk about, so I don't really know how to do this. So <clears throat> we yeah, have I, seen. I think that we just need <clears throat> to. I, well, we're probably not going to do full recaps of the episodes, I knew of course, we're not. Um, <laughs> because we've been. Let's just talk about the high already. points of them. Honestly, Tim and I have been talking about this. I love Bad Batch, but there's some there's some lost momentum going on here. Uh, we're seeing it on our podcast uh, listens, um, and I'm feeling it more than that with. Bad Batch. Uh, I really, really like the show, but it's not—it's not generating the excitement that, say, Loki did, for example. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I we talked about this a few podcasts back about maybe there's a Star Wars um, kind of uh, what was the word I used? Uh, uh, we're tired, exhaustion. Um, maybe we're just saturated. Um, I don't know, but I know when uh, Bad Batch was announced, I was super excited. And I am still enjoying it. I particularly enjoyed this this latest episode. Um, but that having said, yeah, Loki, I'd wake up on Wednesday and go, oh, it's Wednesday, Loki. Fridays, I'm not waking up with that. I'm not, oh, it's Bad Batch Day. So I don't know. Um, so I think we're, we might kind of uh, redo how we're approaching Bad Batch and just kind of <laughs> give brief synopsis and then maybe dedicate uh, more time to other topics. Yeah. Um, well, and on our podcast. to be fair, um, to be the, the idea there is next week we're having a special characters episode, um, which we're just going to have some fun talking about some specific characters. We'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the episode. Um, so we will not be recapping episode 15, but the week after that, of course, we'll do episodes 15 and 16 to wrap up the first season of Bad Batch. And then we're going to move on from there because the series will be over anyway. Um 
And then what this will likely do, I think, long term for us, you know, when when Book of Boba Fett, when Mandalorian, when these these, I'm just gonna, I mean, I would say they're bigger shows. When these bigger shows come back, um, we'll have these full episode dedications to the to each of those episodes. Yeah, um, more than likely. But you know, if Bad Batch season two or things like that come out, um, then we will probably alter the way we report them just because and it might be the the length of the episodes yeah you know there's a lot there's a lot to it now i do think to walk through the like we've been doing i think these are more recap type things right i I would say we're going to have a lot of fun talking about visions when that comes out i'm interested in those styles um now they've got a few different production companies so if they're like you know if it's three episodes by one company we might wait till all three are out or i you know we'll work that all out but we're gonna we are gonna take a little bit more time and not just say okay well there's a star wars episode this week so that's what we'll talk about um we're gonna we're gonna put a little more uh a little more into those because we need to and because yeah you know um because we could do this now i do wish that we had decided this uh <laughs> 27 days ago but if we'd done this 27 days ago then we would have had the uh, two Ryloth episodes together Um, that's true that's the only reason no other no other reason beyond that Um, because last week's episode and this week's episode really didn't go together you know last week was all Sid all the time and this week they were like we got a Sid mission and they were like yeah let's not do that Um, so that's that's kind of the, the way they they tied you know they're not tying together great, um, so let's jump all the way back to the episode directed by Villanueva, and written by uh, Jennifer Corbett, and all of the directors and writers of these three episodes are those that we've seen: Villanueva, Brad Rao, Saul Ruiz, Stuart Lee. Um, Jennifer Corbett was the writer in the in. Episodes twelve and thirteen. Um, the only unique one was in this this today's episode, um, the July thirtieth episode fourteen. Uh, Damani Johnson is the writer of the episode. Yeah, I didn't recognize that name. And yeah, um, zero Star Wars time. Um, huh. Yeah, they were. There's a show called Major Crimes in twenty twelve. Uh, Salvation in twenty seventeen did some episodes for. And uh, what was, I think there was another, at least well-known one, not one that that I've, like the, the Star Trek Picard series um, from last year. Did you is, watch uh, that? What, no. Did you, uh, are you a Star Trek fan? You are. I am. I yeah, am. so am I. You know, I just haven't, I haven't watched that. I haven't um, either. Ooh, we didn't talk I, about Masters. Oh, you haven't watched Masters of the Universe. We're going to talk about that next week. It. Okay, anyway, we'll come back to it. But anyway, it, it, there's no Star Wars stuff. Um, some good stuff, but a lot of it's, you know, just not related. And this is one of the things that's great about Star Wars. Sometimes they, they find these people who who are going to do the right stuff for their episodes. Um, and I, you know, my guess is that they kind of wrote the idea for this episode and then found someone who maybe directed a similar style episode in something else i don't know because this episode is great um yeah so that's we're gonna jump all the way back to ryloth which is where we last left um the the bad batch yeah they were uh they were well they just kind of stopped in that one episode they weren't there (laughs) right yeah um 
in uh, what was that episode eleven? Arms deal with uh, with uh, Hera's uncle or something. Yeah, and moon. then they took off, and uh, which is important because where Hera and Omega form kind of a friendship, which is right. what gets the Bad Batch drawn into this episode, um, which was called Rescue on Ryloth. <clears throat> but yeah, I think, so a short walkthrough, um, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, bottom line, it was not, it wasn't a bad episode, it was a good episode. Um but all in all, what we're doing is extracting Hera. Yeah. Um, that's Her. that's essentially what's happening. It's what we knew was going to happen. It was a good episode, worth watching. Um, nothing beyond that that really drives our story forward, like our what the Bad Batch are doing um, as a whole. But they do... Um, they do go back for... For Hera, she sends a distress call directly to them mm-hmm. because someone uh, broke protocol a little bit and gave Hera the exact uh, communications link for the bad batch. That would be Omega. That would be Omega. Um, so, yeah, her. Uh, so Hera's parents are have been imprisoned by Rampart. Rampart's explaining how they're going to use the senator being shot to make it look like, you know, Cham Syndulla is a traitor, and that's how they're going to win the allegiance of uh, the people of Ryloth is by, you know, setting this up. So my interesting takeaway, before we get to how this ends, is the character Hauser. He was the only character in the site that really was, oh, like, yes, good. I'm pretty fascinated by. Hmm? I'm glad you came back to that. I really wanted to talk about him, and I, I was almost ready to not do that, too. <laughs> I yeah. was almost ready to move on to the next episode. I forgot so, to talk about that. Yeah, he's, Go ahead. A clone, he's a clone commander, and he clearly is like, wait a minute, this is wrong. Like, what we're doing here is wrong. He uh, he had he had fought alongside Cham Syndulla uh, against the Separatists, he, uh, and during the, the Separatist War, he had been telling Cham, you know, we're, we, meaning the clone army, are here to help uh, liberate Ryloth and keep it free and bring peace. And Rampart, who is, of course, the evil Imperial officer, is all like, uh, well, we brought peace. Yeah. <laughs> but Cham and Hauser are both like, wait a minute, this isn't the peace that we we're talking about. So Hauser is really split in his loyalties here, and it's not a Order sixty six kind of pressure. He there's no Jedi involved in this at all. He's just like I just don't think this is right, and this this kind of goes back to a question, and I think they might actually be dropping the ball here a lot. Um, we speculated on other podcasts that Order sixty six, the inhibitor chip, actually makes these guys the clones kind of turn off their feelings of like mercy or, or you know compassion completely um because otherwise how do you explain them suddenly becoming these nazi-like soldiers when before they were protectors um <clears throat> so this further confuses me like why hauser still has that kind of protector compassionate soldier kind of thing going on but other clones don't but then again, there must have been a failure rate in the inhibitor chips outside of just the Bad Batch. Yeah, and but not just that. Now, the Bad Batch were a little bit different 
in in their delayed, you know, like they expected them to be coming. Because even the Bad Batch, theirs was happening just slower. They didn't fail. They just hadn't activated yet. Like they were they were still processing. Um, so I, I've given this a lot of thought because I I love Hauser's character. I love what they did with this character. Me too. Um, it it the implication is kind of that we will never see this character again. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. Yep. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I don't know the specific driving force, um, like the clone that we met in the newest episode. Of course, there's a specific driving force for that one. Um, and that would be uh, this TV show called Rebels. Um, Rebels is awesome. Rebels Anyway, is we'll get awesome. back to that. The uh, So I've given this a lot of thought, and what I was thinking about was the... The inhibitor chips, of course, we talked about the inhibitor chips, you know, in their relevance to the Jedi. Um, you know, an argument can be made if a Jedi dropped down right at the end of this episode when Hauser and those that he convinced to lay down their weapons um, did so, and all of the others were all there, everyone. Yeah. If a Jedi dropped down right in the middle of it, my guess would be that Hauser and the others would pick their weapons back up and attack the Jedi. Um, yeah, so let's... Uh, you know, I'm assuming that that is still active. So what it comes to, we know why Crosshair is so... Um, amped up. Amped, yeah, because they yeah. physically did that to Crosshair. Yeah. Now, it's possible when they were doing that to Crosshair that they also... Um, that they also learned what they could and couldn't do. Yeah. Because he was an experimental clone, he was a little bit stronger, they could try certain things out, and they could do that to other clones. So it's also possible that some of those forces that we see doing the horrible things have had these, you know, their chips kind of enhanced to make them even more obedient. Yeah. Um, Maybe so. Versus those who are still off, you know, if, if Hauser's been on Ryloth this whole time... You know, yeah. he may not have had that. So, I, you know, and I'm speculating, I'm guessing. And, of course, the clones are not going to be completely obedient, and we know this, and that's one of the reasons we get to um, our most recent episode and what happens there. So so it's just to be clear, what happens with Hauser is, the, in the way that episode 12 ends, is he uh, helps the Sandulas to escape. And he goes out, well, and basically he's kind of, doing a distraction and adding awesome story at the same time. Uh, the clones sent to you know prevent this from happening, he goes out and confronts them and gives a speech. You know, is this what we were supposed to be fighting for? Is this is this what we stand for? And like Tim mentioned, a lot of the clones side with him. They drop their weapons. But then Crosshair orders them arrested and the other clones arrest them. Um, so yeah, if a Jedi falls into that situation, does Hauser and uh, yeah, I I don't I don't know. I mean, I want to say no, he wouldn't do it because he's he's rebelling. But then again, Cody tried to kill Obi Wan. I mean, Rex tried to kill Ahsoka, so you're right. I think uh, Hauser would have tried to kill any Jedi he saw, despite the fact that he's fighting the Imperial mandates. Um, so I guess it falls outside of the Order sixty six inhibitor chip thing, but yeah. that was a and great, that was a very very powerful that. ending. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the only argument that goes against that is Wrecker. Wrecker. 
when Wrecker goes Good soldier follows when, when Wrecker goes headache chip yeah because um, he goes after them that's he true he's after your traitors yeah now to to re you know bring the wheel all the way around on that one um, they did let a Jedi go so that could be locked into his memory when his chip activates. Oh, yeah. So there is still some argument there, you know, and I don't know if we're diving too deep into this and and searching for ways that it can all work. Well, one of the things I've loved about Filoni is he's usually laid a foundation that you can dive deep into. Yes. Yeah. This isn't kind of fly by the cuff. Uh, Let's just say that now Jedi can do this. It's not that stuff. Usually what Filoni does, you know, is supported by something we've seen before or been hinted at. Um, But, so that was episode 12. Um, Again, most interesting to me because of, you know, what happens with Hauser. And I guess, I mean, it sets up the next episode, episode 13, which is called Infested. We ready to move on to that? Yeah. Directed also by Saul Ruiz and written by Amanda Rose... um, Munoz, Munoz, um, which you mentioned before, I think. <clears throat> so they've come back to, uh, what was it, Nal Hutta? No, Narshida. Yep. Narshida. The, the moon of Nal. No. The moon of Nal um, Hutta is Narshida. Or Mantel. Or Mantel. They've gone, yeah, that's right. They've gone back to Sid's place, <laughs> but Sid's not there. Who, who that? This is weird. Um, I was not a huge fan of this episode. No, I wasn't either. Um, this this is this is what feels like filler to me. Yeah, it it one yeah absolutely because if <laughs> she doesn't make her money by sitting in that room, yeah, she makes her money as an informant sending people off to do jobs. Yeah. So if some guy was like, "Hey, I'm taking over your place." That'd be a bummer. But if she still has people running jobs for her, they, I mean, she, she could do that somewhere else. It's not like, "Well, well, Sid's out. I'm in charge now." You're you're just sitting here. <laughs> like, yeah. this doesn't make any difference, um, as far as as that goes. Like, there's no. It was just a bizarre. I did. I didn't like it. <laughs> didn't what what like it. what race is that guy? Um, that's a good question. I Darvonian or something like that. Um, they look like devils. Is he supposed to be the guy from New Hope that's in the bar in the cantina? I think he is because I think that guy had one of his horns cut off. Yeah, somebody asked that too. Well, yeah, lots of people um, asked that. Probably should have looked it up. Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even look at that. Oh. So. And he's got this huge, like, all this these forces here. He, by the way, is a guy named Roland, um, Roland Durand. Um, and he's trying to make a name for himself in the underworld. And he thinks the way to do it is to push Sid out and take over her operations. But, of course, what he hasn't you know, bargained on is the, eight, uh, the Bad Batch. <laughs> That's right. He's got a bunch of spice hidden in his office, and bottom line is the Bad Batch is going to steal the spice because they want Roland to get in trouble with the people, the Pike Syndicate. I did like seeing the Pike again. Um, they're cool-looking aliens. 
I do like the pike. All right, I'm gonna go back to another problem I had. This is gonna be my 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 ranting part of our episode because there were right just on. weird things in here. Um, Ruby, remember Ruby? Yeah, the, the weird the, little the, creature. Yeah, the roly poly thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he's sitting there with Ruby on his lap and puts it up on the desk, and Omega's like Ruby, and his answer is she's my prized pet. And then he's all concerned about this this creature. But Ruby's been around for a long time, hasn't? <laughs> didn't that, didn't Ruby come from uh... thirty? Uh, she, uh, Ruby. I don't know outside of the episode where they were transporting Ruby, and yeah, Sid said someone was going to buy it, and Omega was upset, and they're like, "Are, are they going to use it as a pet?" She's like, "I don't know. They might eat it. I don't care." Um, as far as I know, that's all we know about Ruby. Oh, I guess. okay. So Ruby was okay. I I was they I was hired to get Ruby back. That's good. I was that. remembering that incorrectly. Okay. So Ruby naturally came to him, or he he bought her from Sid or whatever. Yeah. And that's how they know it. Okay, I'm more comfortable with that. All right, I like this episode more already. Um, <laughs> I just completely misremembered that, and I was like, this. I thought Ruby was here the whole time. For some reason, it had. I don't know. Anyway. So that's Roland's pet, if you're wondering who Ruby is. Um, and we had seen Ruby a few episodes back. Um, because apparently what uh, Sid does a lot of is obtain rare and exotic beasts for her clients. Because <laughs> we've seen that twice so far. Um, but, yeah, so here's the plan, Tim. Bottom line is we if we can get Roland... To mess up in front of the pikes, the pikes will take them out for us. So their plan is to, to steal the spice from uh, from his office. They do this, but in doing so, they have to go through these underground caverns. There's these creatures down there. Uh, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing, Tim. Uh, again, it felt like a filler episode. It did. Um, it yeah. Did. And even the even the little dramatic moments, which were like, you know, the uh, it doesn't the, put the well, how they got involved with the Pikes, right? So they're like, oh, well, they'll have him by now so we can go back to my office. And then yeah. they come back to the office and they're all just still there. I'm like, you didn't really care. give it time for them to take him and leave? Like, yeah. You know, like the fact that they bumped into them in the office and that's how they got back involved in it again. I'm like, just wait. <laughs> nope. You could watch them leave. They're pikes. They're tall. You'll notice them leaving. Like you'll see yeah. them. They are They're cool looking. Yeah, I love them um, in uh, in Clone Wars. Yeah. There's a great um, oh man. There's a great story arc in Clone Wars about the pikes where uh, Sifo-Dyas's aide. Do you remember that? He uh, when Sifo-Dyas died, his aide had survived, and the pikes had been keeping him prisoner for years. Yeah. And Obi-Wan and Anakin find out about this and go to question him, and he's been kept in this dank, dark cell, and he's insane, and he's talking to insects, and the pikes are just creepy. It, that was really... Yeah, they're cool in Clone Wars. And they're not, not cool in Bad Batch. It's just... It, it, it's a filler episode. Um, well, and the pikes... I mean one of the nice things is, about the pikes is we're supposed to know the pikes are ruthless um, to be feared... Yeah. Uh, you know, like that's we're we're supposed to know we'll this about them. Kanja club. I mean, the reality of these guys, there are 3 of them. Yeah. And they wiped out um Roland's entire force. Yeah. 
I mean, he had like 20 guys there, and the three of them apparently wiped them out. Well, up until now, we've only seen them up against um, Jedi. And, of course, pretty much, and not just Jedi, uh, Jedi like Obi-Wan and Anakin and, and Dooku, not Jedi. And Ahsoka, but sort of. And Ahsoka, so yeah, I mean, in the, they're going to make in, anyone look In like Season chumps. 7, remember that yeah. in Season 7 with the, with the with sisters? The, Trace and Rafa, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, they've kind of looked like punks in the past, but like for good reason. The same way the Mandalorians kind of looked like punks when Ahsoka decided to take some of them out. Um, yeah. But anyway, th- what I mean by filler is is it does not move the story forward at all. Does not introduce new elements about Star Wars other than this guy Roland, I guess, who might or might not be the the Darvonian. I'm pretty sure that's what they're called. Um, in a New Hope. Because as punishment at the end of the episode, the Pikes cut off one of his horns. Um, and I think that that was supposed to be a nod to the fans about, hey, this is the same guy from New Hope. I think that guy was missing a horn. Either that or it's a nod to Hellboy. I don't know. But uh, the, the, they end up exactly where they were had that episode never happened, meaning Sid's back in charge of her bar and the Bad Batch is back to doing jobs for her. You know? So right. no, no forward momentum there. Which brings us to tonight's episode, um, which I really did like, War Mantle. It's actually one of my favorite of all the episodes so far. Um, this did. was a wild episode. So, War Mantle. Yeah. C, what was it? Um, CC2, uh, 5576. All right. So I'm going to tell you the only seven, thing that I, that I wish would have happened that didn't. And this isn't a dislike of the episode. Just the one thing that I wish would have happened. I'm going to jump oh, all the way crazy. to the end. Okay. Kitty. Um, yeah. Because everybody who's listening to our podcast, we assume, has seen it already, watched yeah. the episode. Um, so the very beginning, we have a clone who's in half armor, running and basically being hunted. Right? It looks like a horror movie hunting people. Yeah. Like, like They're that's what it looks like is happening. And people after him in the jungle. And at the yep. very end, Hunter is alone in this, in sort of near this wilderness. Yep. And I was really hoping that it was going to be like a, you know, you guys need to get whatever, 30 miles away, I will get to you. So, And then you kind of have a hunter being hunted, but he's so good because he's Hunter. And I wish yeah. they would have had, like, I was hoping that that was going to be our next episode. It was like Hunter in the Wild. That would be fun. Um, I didn't think about that. And, and so I was really excited about that. And then it ended, of course, with him being just surrounded. And I was yeah, like, and- oh. Yeah, and he's yeah, and imprisoned, and I was like, Although, Don't go on it. You, I, I know you've seen all the the memes and all the comments about Hunter looks like Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> so when they're trying to escape from the facility, so uh, well, let's let's yeah, let's yeah, we'll go back into it. Sorry, that, but that was just so. Uh... Rex contacts the Bad Batch, and he says, "I got a buddy, a clone, and he he's you know, trying to escape from this facility." I need you guys to get him. And then Rex is like cut off, like something's happening. Um, and so they're like, you know, there's not much intel to do this with. And Omega, this is getting a little bit uh, cloying, a little bit too much. She, she again is the voice of conscience. I, I like Omega's character, and so far I don't think they've ever done the childhood, like, voice of innocence and reason thing, but it is starting to get to that point. Where she's like, now, I will we say, do it because it's the right thing to do. In and her I'm defense, like, okay. I'm gonna Echo was a, like, she was, she wasn't the only one arguing that way. No, you she know? wasn't. 
<laughs> and Jim has walked away. Um, I let the cat out. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> you just you all of a sudden sounded far away. Uh, yeah, it Echo shot was out first. Of like a missile, man. <laughs> Echo, um, Echo's loyalty to Rex is showing. Yeah. Um, you know, Rex called and said, "We need help. Go help this clone." And Echo's like, "We're on it. We're doing this." Let's yeah. go. And everybody else is like, well, hold on a second. Maybe not. Um, and I love I love Wrecker in the scene. Wrecker is, you know, our, our of course, our um, <laughs> comedic relief. Yeah, he's, and yeah. he's waffling. Every yeah. time someone says why to do something, he's like, yeah, that that's a good reason. He's got a point. <laughs> and the exact opposite. And he's like, yeah, that's a good reason. Yeah. Um, um, now they, in, they... In a good way. Like, it wasn't even... His wasn't bothersome. And I know what you're saying about Omega, because hers is always the same thing. The problem with hers is that she keeps saying the same thing. We have to help this person. We have to help this person. Like there's no, there's there's nothing else there. You know, you know, Echo is doing it for another reason. She's just kind of parroting the same words, and I think that's what you're trying to catch. Is she just keeps saying the same thing? Yeah, we have to help. You know, like there's nothing else to it. They're like, we want to help people, but just yeah, hold it down there a second. You know, Echo was like, mm, you guys did the same thing when you came for me. We can do this. And if yep. you don't, I'm going to go anyway. <laughs> like, Yep. And um, I did like that he was the voice pushing for this, because that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I also, you know, as a Star Wars nerd fan, I love, it's a CC clone, which of course stands for Command Clone. Um, yeah. Rather than CT, you know, Clone Trooper. Um, so we... I didn't know who CC5567 was, and I, I made a point of not looking it up while I was watching the episode, because I was like, ooh, ooh, I can't remember if that's Cody's number, or, you know, because it's got to be a commander. Rex is a CC clone, Cody's a CC clone, um, but yeah, we find out, of course, it's it's Gregor. Yeah, well, and right away, my, my son and I were watching, <clears throat> and he's like, who do you think it is? And I said, well, it has to be either Wolf or Gregor. Next nice call. Um, immediately, was, and he goes. I was he goes. It was Cody. Well, he said it. He goes. Well, it's Gregor because of his eye, because Wolf has the thing on his eye. Um, was what my son said, and you know he was right. It's Gregor, and that was so. My assumption was that because we're coming to the close to the end of this season, and if they're extracting some clone from a planet on Rex's order, they're probably going to get that clone to Rex, and in Rebels we see Rex, Gregor, and Wolf. Wolf. Yep. together so that was where my I was like it has to be one of these two I didn't even um, think of Gregor or Wolf I thought Cody I was hoping we might see a redemption story for Cody um Cody cause I don't think there's any canon on what happened to Cody no if Pop I, was here if I had Cody to guess too. I would say that Cody was probably punished bad Cody <laughs> I mean it's, it's like that joke. Everyone's doing an excellent job, except Cody. Except Cody. In the, in the Imperial Brief memo that went out, everyone, you're doing a fantastic job, except Cody. Except Cody. Cody, too. Um, but, yeah, so they, you know, they, they decide that they're going to go and rescue this clone who they don't know. And it turns out that this is a huge Imperial base. Um, <clears throat> it's hidden. And they're again, Hunter's like, well, you know, this isn't the mission we signed on for, so we're out of here. And they're like, Echo, this time, not Amiga, is like, nah, we're 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 going for it. And they do, and it's it's a really fun episode as far as the action is awesome. Um, 
Echo points out, hey, they're wearing new new uh, armor. And I did like the design of the armor. It's a perfect in-between clone armor and stormtrooper armor. <laughs> did you notice when Hunter choked out the one with, the, with, like, the blue, that when the guy passed out, the light on his helmet went out? No, I didn't. <laughs> like, he choked him out, and all of a sudden, the center stopped being blue. <laughs> It may That's have just funny. been a lighting thing. I might have read it. I mean, maybe I saw it wrong. No, I, I, so the guys in charge with the blue lights, these those are clones. And because Echo makes a point of saying that, okay, there's like five thousand people at this base. I don't remember how many. He's yeah. like, but there's only fifty clones here. Yep. Indicating that all the squad leaders are you know were were clones, and one of the best parts of this so they they get gregor and it's a running firefight um to get out of there is one of these commanders like this guy he he was awesome he's jumping on the elevator he's hiding and he actually catches him by surprise uh, puts a couple shots in gregor's chest which are non-lethal um knocks echo on his rear end uh, not echo but tech before finally Hunter and uh, Echo are able to you know knock him down with like four stun bolts, and then yeah. he falls from the railing. And I thought his helmet was going to fall off, and you know I thought we were going to find out maybe that was Cody or some other clone commander. We'd he was in, in yellow. I I wondered. Did you notice that? Yes, I, I was hoping if since by then we knew it was Gregor they had saved, um, that maybe that was Cody. Yeah. Um, but now you didn't you didn't mention before one of the other really cool things that they did when they were talking about the only fifty clone units are here, but there's over a thousand TKs listed. Yeah, yeah. And that's how we know that the stormtroopers are are identified. I can't think of the number though. Why aren't you at your post? <laughs> I can't think of it. TT. Something nine eight? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It does matter. Well, we I should know. know it. We know those are stormtrooper designations. Yeah. Um, but the clones don't. But they find out as they're going through the uh, system that um, because uh, Echo and uh, and Tech are trying to hack the systems, and Gregor's like the clone. Mm-hmm. You know, none of the clone protocols work anymore, man. And then it's revealed that they're there to train. The, the new stormtroopers who are yeah. uh, I, I still am not sure if these are volunteers or if they're uh, draftees I think they're volunteers though I, I think so too I think that they're that they're taken into service um, by their own that's what we're led to believe at this point yeah um, and we know that stormtroopers sign up we know that the Imperial Navy um, is something you can sign up to join and that you're not typically um, drafted into it, you know, in that sense. Um, one of the things that got me about this, though, and I guess this is this is a concern for it, this, like, super crazy hidden training facility seems unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're replacing, you know, stormtroopers with clones, or clones with stormtroopers, and they're training them, I don't know why they're on some secret hidden place training them and not just yeah you know like it doesn't it doesn't seem like something that uh, needs to be I, hidden. I got a potential answer 
Okay, I love it. Go for it. Um, the because we it, it actually is supported later in this episode. Rampart is not quite ready until the end of the episode to let the Kaminoans know what's going on. So they might be hiding it so the Kaminoans aren't like, wait, why, so why are you building that army over there? I thought we supplied your army. I think Rampart wanted to be able to launch on them. Like, uh, you know, not only are we shutting you down, but we've already replaced your army. Yeah. So that would make sense why now, stormtroopers are being initially trained in, in, in secret. All right, let's do their story before we finish out the, the escape. Yeah, because this is all happening happening kind of simultaneously. So the Kaminoans um, recognize that something's going down. Uh, they become fearful that they're not going to be needed, and uh, Lama Su, nope, um, yeah. not Nalase, not Lama Su. That's, that's pretty. We've never known what the fate of the Kaminoans were. Um, yeah, but anyway, the Prime Minister sends Nalase to to gather people so they can escape. Well, she says, gather the important people. Yeah. Forget the rest. And she, intent- um, she, when he said that, she's like, yes, Prime Minister. Yeah. Which to me was a call, like, you're supposed to represent all the people. That That's yeah. how I interpreted that, her, well, her response. Well, and it's also, it's, that's very possible. It's possible. She's still mad about Omega. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so, Lamasu is a good good guy. Nalase. Or uh, not Lamasu. Nalase is a good guy. Lamasu, not so much. He's yeah. He's uh, he's looking out for his interests. Now, one of the things that did kind of surprise me, and I might have missed it, but I didn't hear any blaster fire when they closed the doors. Like, they had the kind of the implication that the troopers were going to move in on... Yeah, there wasn't um, any. I listened to it, too, and then I went On the back Prime and Minister like, and, and execute at that point, but I didn't yeah. hear any blasters... Which is uncommon for Star Wars. Typically, they they don't mind implying that there was an execution, even if they don't show it. They don't mind showing yeah. it, to be honest. Um, yeah, so that was a little bit strange. Either. So we yeah. we still don't technically know whether the Prime Minister is still alive or whether the rest of the Kaminoans, for now, are around. Um, Correct. They could be imprisoned on their planet to force Nalase or some of the other scientists to work. I don't. I mean, I don't. I have no idea. Um, and we, of course, know why Nalase is around. This is um, reaching out to explain how they have the tech to work with um, Palpatine. True. And his clones. <clears throat> so, well, and we see in the Mandalorian that the Kaminoan cloners is a human. Right. So this transition, I think we're seeing the beginning of that transition right now. Which right, and it may not even be cool it might not even be Camino at that point, but it could just be that the if Nalase is put in charge, the yeah. that her patch becomes the standard patch for that yep. you know, branch of the uh, branch of the government, but the, for that for I that like body it. of the government. I like it a lot. Anywho, um, so that's all that happened with the Kaminoans. We are back to <laughs> the, the escape. Story. I think we've talked about most of it. Pretty um, much, it's a running gunfight. Some things yeah. I would point out. Um, they are using stun settings, yep. which it's a little confusing because uh, so at one point, you know, the way they finally do escape is they get to this, uh, you know, it, this hatch that's built in the side of the mountain. And the idea is that the Marauder, by the way, I found out the whole name of that ship is the Havoc Marauder. Yeah, so I think we mentioned that last episode. 
Well, the uh, Havoc Marauder, piloted by Omega, is going to come and uh, hover right there, and they're going to jump from the side of the cliff into it as Wrecker covers them. Now, what's hilarious about this to me is Hunter, Echo, and the and the guys are using the stun bolts, and then when the door opens, Wrecker just lets loose with regular laser rapid fire laser shots, and but they're still using stun bolts. The other guys, so and I'm did like, you see on, how guys. close he came to hitting them? Like he opened that door and just just started going. Well, the sectors which... of fire were pretty tight there. Yeah, I'm sure they know, you know, hey, you know, when it's a, an escape mission like this, that door's going to open, it's going to come in hot, be out of the way before you jump on. I, you know, I'm sure there's a, they're a team, they know how they work, but it was still like, holy cow, that was, that was right there. Yeah. Um, so then it was a, the, the, the flight fight was a little, eh, um, you know, there were a whole lot of ships coming after the Marauder. And then every time we saw the actual fight scene, there'd be like four or two. But when they launched, they launched a lot of ships. Um, so that that didn't seem... I wish they hadn't shown so many ships launch from inside the facility. Well, I thought they lived up to it, but they did come what... in waves. They did, but it was it seemed, you know... They're tracking us. They let us escape. Like it seemed a little, it seemed a little easy in the flight part. Um, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's that's neither here nor there for what we're talking about. So obviously, um, all of our guys escape um, because it's you know a Disney show. They're all out of there. They all get onto the Marauder and fly away safely. Right? I don't remember it that way. No, did something different happen? That way. It seems to me everyone makes it on board yeah. the ship. Did one of them fall a ridiculous? amount uh, like did one of them fall so far that maybe he shouldn't be alive <laughs> i almost was gonna talk about i was gonna yeah i almost talked about that earlier in this podcast now i want to talk about that fall hunter's fall um let's do it <laughs> so here's the thing uh hunter gets compared to rambo a lot Right? He looks like Rambo. The yeah. character looks like Rambo. Uh, one of the most memorable scenes in First Blood, the, you know, originating Rambo film, is where he jumps off a cliff, and the only thing that's a ridiculous height, and the only thing that saves his life is he's bashing through tree limbs on his way down. This was almost identical to that. And I'm like, come on, guys. I, I mean, why are we inviting these comparisons to Rambo? I, I, I don't know. It doesn't bother me, but I did notice it, so it kind of took me out of it. I'm yeah. watching it, and I'm well, thinking, it, this is first blood. Yeah. And it now could he's going to I mean, sew up the cut on his arm of fishing wire, just like Rambo did at the bottom. I assume he, somebody involved, probably Filoni, is a huge Rambo fan or was, pre, you know, like something. I think this is a direct... Um, I think I think he is a direct nod to that. Like I think he's his character is, but on the other side of that, they showed in, in remind me in Rambo they showed him going through a bunch of trees. Right. Yeah, that's how yeah. he survived. But this one, he seemed like he might have hit two. <laughs> like it wasn't a whole bunch of stuff slowing him down a lot. <laughs> 
This was like a yeah, like he hit a rock, and then he hit a tree limb or two, and then was on the ground. And I was like, oh, so Hunter's dead. <laughs> he's not, of course. Um, no. He gets up on his own. <laughs> yeah, he struggles to his feet, and he is surrounded and cut off. And he orders the the marauder. He orders Tech, you know, go on without me. And Tech's like, uh, no, because the you know this is the the greatest chance you'll have of escape is now, which of course we see that that chance is pretty much zero, and uh, so Hunter says no, it's an order, and Omega gets on there and says no, we're not leaving you, and Hunter well Omega says, gets on, and yeah, I, I really like Omegas. Oh, go ahead, what were you saying? I was just gonna say yeah, he said yeah, you are leaving me. No, well, you see, Omega comes on, and this is one of the things that I like about Omega, um, because of course Omega's still a kid. So she's pleading. She's like, we can't leave you. Please, please, please. And then she says the line, which is really important because she's she's becoming part of this team and really, um, which we didn't mention at the very beginning of the episode when he was messing around twirling his knife and she was fixing something and she started twirling the tool in her hand. Did you notice that? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Just a neat little thing because she's, cause she's a kid. She's just watching and picking up on things. So... She said she was pleading with him, please, please tell us to come back. Please order us to come back because he had already said you have to leave. That's an order. And she knows that when that's said, they're going to listen. They're going to follow that order. And, uh, you know, so that that line of hers, which was please order us to come back. Um, she yeah. still had that pleading of the child, that, but also that, that respect point. of the team. Yeah, which I really good liked. point. That's, that's a good nuance. Yeah. Speaking of uh, something cool that they showed in the episode, like you were talking about her twirl and the tool, they finally showed a gonk droid in action. Because it, I don't know that it's ever been canon, but I, I, like people said, oh, gonk droids serve as kind of backup generators or like giant battery supplies. Yeah. And that's what it does. We finally saw a gonk droid go into action. So when the power system started to fail on the Marauder, the gonk droid you know, jacked in, and next thing you know... You know, powers up the ship for temporarily, um, but I'm like, okay, so we actually got to see a gonk droid do what it does, and I always yeah. thought of it as like powering other droids, but it totally makes more sense that it could actually serve as a temporary power supply for a small spacecraft. That that was actually really really cool. Um, I liked that. Yeah. So yeah. that's the so, end of the and, episode. Um, something really cool. Well, hold on. There's one more thing. Because I forgot to mention this. When she was twirling it around, you know what she was fixing? The gonk droid. Yeah. And yeah. that's important because it was a couple episodes ago they were talking about it. And they were like, oh, that thing doesn't like they, it doesn't work anymore. Or that thing's useless or busted or old. Or, like somebody made some offhand comment like it's nothing. And, you know, she was she was to accept that. Um, she's been tinkering and apparently she fixed it. <laughs> yeah. So... So it's, it's was a, no longer just uh, Wrecker's, uh, you know, weight set. Yeah. This is really, uh, the, this whole story is the life and adventures of the the Marauder and its gonk droid. Um, <laughs> that's what and we're learning about. Droid. But yeah. Um, so then he gets captured and he is imprisoned oh. and... Ta-da! I figured you'd show up. Oh, I did forget there's a scene at the end where, uh, yeah, Crosshair shows up. Um, so Crosshair's very clearly got yeah. scar tissue on the right side of his head, which is where the inhibitor chip is. Think there's any significance there? 
I mean, I, we know how it happened. It happened when they fired up the 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 that Star Destroyer's engines, and he got caught in that that kind of blast. Um, right. But I'm wondering if the reason why it's so pronounced is because it maybe is somehow going to mess up his inhibitor chip. Yeah, something's something's going to happen there. Um, I don't know exactly what or how or you know when this is all going to go down. Um, well, we got two episodes you left, know, right? I, or four? Yeah, and there's still been no announcement. No, there's just two. Just next week and the week after. But there's still no announcement about whether um, there's going to be a season two officially. There's been some rumors about it. Um, Very, very, very unofficial. Like, the way things are going, it seems like there should be a season two. Yeah. If I had to guess, I would say it'll be, you know, like an end credit thing. Like, season two is coming. Um, but who knows, you know? Yeah. But who knows? Well, I guess we'll see. I guess, I don't know what they'll, they'll base it on. Um, you know, whether it's number of streams or what. Right. (sighs) Or whether or not Dave Filoni just has time and, and wants to do it. Yeah. Well, now we've got two episodes where... Crosshair's directly involved now. Um, yep. Of course, we saw Crosshair on Ryloth because um, they keep sending Crosshair for different random missions. Like this is this is that whole small thing we were talking about before, which is a little a little bit much for Crosshair. Um, I almost wish Crosshair had not been on Ryloth. That would have been better. Yeah. Um, if something big happened and they're like, we've got one of the experimental Clone Force ninety nine, then Crosshair shows up. That fits. That makes sense. Like him being here makes sense. Um, yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> I like I like that that Crosshair's here. Um, the rest of the team doesn't know he's there yet, but the rest of the team will be coming for Hunter soon. And then we're gonna finally have some kind of showdown. Um, yeah. Possibly something with fifty clones against a thousand stormtroopers. Yeah. Oh, and we should point that out because uh, what we've been kind of speculating, I think most Star Wars fans have speculated, the Stormtroopers are supposed to make up in number what they lack in skill when it comes to replacing the clones. And Hunter even says, you know, numbers aren't everything, which was a funny scene because then the door opens and there's like 30 guys out there and there's only the four It was a beautifully brilliant scene. I loved that they did that because that's what the stormtroopers are. I loved that. Now, I don't like the fact that they dropped the elevator so far instead of going down like a floor or two and getting off. Um, Because they like just, they went down. But that was, that was an excellent scene. So it's, yeah, it's cool stuff. Um. One one other question. Yeah. Did, did Gregor's voice bother you? <clears throat> His voice kept cracking. Went, yeah, that's right, guys. Why we tried to train the Stormtroopers the way we did. And I'm like, I don't remember Gregor having a weird voice, but I guess he did. Yeah, Gregor's voice is a little off in the in the show. The and I think, I think they were trying to... I, I think the attempt there was to give you something closer to what he is when he's older we see him in Rebels versus when he's you know, still in the Navy. So 
I think that's part of the... I don't know if they're considered Navy at this point. What do they consider Navy? Well, it's the Imperial Navy. That's true. You're right. Um, with the with the spaceships is how they is how they do that. But I don't know how the how the clone soldiers were considered, um, or if the you know if it was. I guess that's that's our language for what we talk about it with it anyway. Yeah, you know, that's that's one of my favorite things about watching is when somebody somewhere is like, well, you know, why would they call it a door? They're not on Earth, and I'm like, well, when is a door not a door? Right. I mean, it's a door. It's when it's, it's a jar. for you to watch. <laughs> Leave it alone. <laughs> when it's a jar. Ah, so this actually reminds and... me a bit of a uh, Star Trek trivia. That I think someone posted on our certain point of view's Facebook page, <clears throat> or maybe not. But um, why they refer to female commanders as sir? Um, <clears throat> supposedly that was a navy thing. That when a female was put in charge of a ship, uh, they still retained the the honorific of sir. Uh, this is not true at all. It was actually started by the Star Trek franchise. I don't know why, but one of their writers, or several of their writers, thought that that was true, that um, female Navy commanders referred to with the sir, but that's not true. In the Navy, Army, Marines, Air Force, whatever, female officers are referred to as ma'am. Um, but for whatever reason, Star Trek did that, and now Star Wars does it too. Ahsoka is called sir a few times, but yeah, female um, military commanders in Star Wars are also called sir sometimes. But that's a Navy so are you thing, saying, supposedly. Are you saying that Star Trek, one of the writers, thought that it was true, and that's why they included it? I assume they did. It's not true. But right. if you I know, if you it's, I, this, I know it's not true. So I always Google assumed... It, people will say, oh, yeah, the, in the Navy, that's a thing. Well, it's not. That's an urban legend created by Star Trek. But why they started it, that's what I'm not sure about. I don't know... If they thought it was, yeah. I mean, I assumed, I assumed that was their way of, of showing, um, very directly that you know we are a future of human society, and you know, when you're here, you're classified as a higher authority, not a higher authority man, higher authority woman. You can be a man, you can be a woman, but we don't classify your your rank that way. I think was the intent of Star Trek. That's what I always assumed. Maybe. Um, was like, you know, if you talk to Captain So-and-So versus Captain So-and-So, they should both be Captain So-and-So. But, And I, I think that's what they were reaching for. Maybe. Um, Before the age of gender-neutral pronouns, maybe they thought the masculine would be the default. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Are we done with Bad Batch? Because I would I talk, so. I, I do want to talk Star Trek for a minute. But um, well, to wrap up, Bad Batch, they got two more episodes left this season. I don't think there is a season two officially yet. Is there? There is not. Okay, no. so this might be a one season kind of thing, um, which you know Disney's been doing a lot with Marvel. So we'll see. Um, 
what's going to happen? I think you kind of already speculated on that. Got to be some sort of showdown with the Bad Batch and and Crosshair. Clearly, we got to have some resolution with Hunter's story. Um, I'm saying resolution because even though this is Star Wars and Disney, I'm not sure he survives this. It might be that Hunter's, uh, the death of Hunter, or even the death of the Bad Batch in general, is going to be some sort of uh, molding influence on Omega, and that if there are ever any other stories coming out of this, it's about who Omega becomes. Yeah. Just some ideas. I could see them going dark, doing an Empire Strikes Back kind of feel, and the Bad Batch actually being being killed, and but Omega surviving. I don't see Omega dying no no certainly not um and i would hate that and you know we're kind of at a point where what they're they're already kind of set up in a way that they could also uh retire (laughs) they could also you know they're they very vocally said you know yes we do care about what's going on but we've we've done so much of our fighting. We're we're protecting ourselves. I'm protecting this crew. Like, there could also end it with them. You know, kind of saying we're, we're done. We're out. We found a place to settle. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and either way, they could they could close them out. So, I'm hoping. You know, I'm hoping we don't have a Rogue One situation here. Um, yeah, that would me. be hard. Um, yeah. And it course, could. Rogue One is but... one of the best Star Wars films, in my opinion. And yeah. if they got yeah. that dark... I mean, Rebels got dark, man. Rebels did get dark. Um, yeah. Rogue Clone One is... Wars did too, for that matter. Um, I mean, it's that time period. It, this is the Order 66 era in Star Wars universe. And we know that these guys don't show up in A New Hope. <laughs> Although, I mean, Rex supposedly, there's some a lot of debate back and forth on whether or not Rex is in Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah, but there's no official right. word, well, so I the, don't see any point in know, debating the, it. The official word is, my understanding is that the official word is he's not. And I'm pretty sure... Well, that character has a name, but they, right. they left it open that Rex had changed his name. That's well, that's problem. what that's what that's a fan thing. Um, Filoni said, you know, Rex is a character that I put in the show, and I'm not putting my characters into George Lucas's movies. That's not my place to to say who his characters are. Um, that was a that was a statement that he made. Uh, so it was, and it was kind of a, it was almost a, if George wants it, of course we could do that. He goes, and it's he, and he kind of says it's like it's always possible that that's you know who that is, but it's it's not for me to assign that character because that's one of George's characters. It's not one of my characters, um, which I enjoy. Like I enjoyed the interview when he talked about that. Yeah, a, yeah, I definitely awesome. Thing. Yeah, I mean it's just like that's a perfect answer. That that could certainly be him, but. And of all the people, he actually could officially say that and change it and it'd be fine with yeah. everyone, but he won't. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. he's like, that's not my point. 
He he has power, but that's doesn't not the story that I'm it. writing. Isn't yeah. that beautiful? He doesn't abuse this power yeah. he's been given. I love that man. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, yay, we're still the Felony fan cast. Well, definitely. Um, so are we done with Bad Batch? Can I ask you some questions about Star Trek? Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, those of you who love Star Trek should continue listening. Those of you who don't should continue listening. So I mentioned this on podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed what you hear, let's do that. Oh, yeah, we need to start uh, pimping the show some more. Yeah, go, go leave <laughs> yeah. us a review, five stars. Uh, just leave us a review. Um, <clears throat> that's what generate and hit subscribe. That's what generates traffic for us. And I mentioned uh, our traffic has been slowing down. Um, I don't know if it's the content or Bad Batch or just because Papa Bear is awful. Um, <laughs> I can see that because he's not here. Oh, I love Papa Bear. <laughs> but, um, Get him. you know, for whatever reason, I do think it's kind of because we're having a lull in, uh, in Star Wars in general right now. But, you know, help us out. Go uh, leave us a review and hit, hit subscribe. Yeah. And now... Yeah. And, uh... And, and I gotta say one more thing about it with the uh, with the Damn. podcast. Some people and the specific stuff they listen to um, in podcasting is is kept kind of private, you know, close to heart. Um, if you're one of those and you're listening to us, we appreciate you being here. Um, yeah. If you're someone else listening to us, of course, we appreciate you being here too. But uh, you broke up there. I didn't hear what you said. Share, share it, retweet what? it. Oh yeah, share. What? Tell your friends about it. Tell them. Uh, um, as a matter of fact, Tim might or might not have. Didn't you share the about the podcast today with someone? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be sending some stuff out today. Yeah, uh, tomorrow morning, I'll I'll tweet out about this episode and stuff. So nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, can, can I talk Star Trek now? Of course. So I've been watching. I just rewatched all of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Right. Um, mainly because of the nostalgia. I was a teenager, um, you know, mid-teens, early teens when that came out. Um, <clears throat> and I loved it because I loved the original series, which wasn't, you know, that, that came out before I was born. I'm not that old. Um, but I loved it. It was one of those shows that, would, you know, was in syndication. And I remember my parents bought me a little black and white TV because I am that old um, for my room. And I used to love to watch Star Trek. As a matter of fact, we got one of those Nielsen rating guys. We got picked to be a Nielsen family. And we went on vacation, but I was worried that they wouldn't know how much I love Star Trek. So I just went into the Nielsen Guide and I wrote Star Trek for every blank where I thought it came on. <laughs> I, anyway. <clears throat> so anyway, when New Generation came out, Next Generation came out, I, I watched it and I really liked it. One of my uh, good friends, Brian, he was really into it as well. So I had kind of a fellow Trekkie there. I was always more of a Star Wars guy, don't worry. But I did enjoy Star Trek a lot. Um, so lately I've been watching it, like, to, in order to kind of calm down and go to sleep. I'll even put it on. And, uh, one of the things I like about Netflix is if you turn Netflix on on your phone, <clears throat> I'll put in, like, wireless earbuds. And if I'm having a hard time sleeping, I'll put on a Next Generation episode, turn off my phone, and then hit go on my audio, and it plays just the audio. That's awesome. Um, so I can fall asleep listening to Star Trek if I want to. Yeah, I find it very soothing. I'm a nerd. Okay. Um, that having said, I finished The Next Generation. I never could get into Deep Space Nine. Have you watched Deep Space Nine? 
Is it, is it question time? Yeah. Are you, are you still there? <laughs> it started with, can I ask you some questions about Star Trek? Um, so I'm going to make this a really boring conversation. No, I've not watched Deep Space Nine. Why? Because you like Star Trek. Did I you watch... Um, really? Uh, what was the episode of... What was... Voyager. Nope. I really yeah. enjoyed Next Gen. Me too. Um, I have not seen all of the original series. I have. I've watched, Several of course, times. all the movies. Yeah. Which are real hit or miss, to be watched... honest. Yes, they are. Um, I still enjoy them, but they're they're. I mean, I enjoy them if I'm watching all of them. You know, like if I'm going to sit down and watch all these Star Trek movies, I can enjoy them in that that marathon week or whatever I'm doing to watch them. Right. Um, but there's, for the most part, there's not a Star Trek movie where I'm like, oh man, I really want to watch, you know, Wrath of Khan. Um, that would probably be the I one if there was one. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. But that. But it's still not one that I like. I just don't. It's not one of the movies I go to. Um, right. Unless I'm in like a, I want to watch the Star Trek movies. Um, but apart from the original series, the movies, and Next Gen, that I haven't watched other Star Trek series. So I, I did like that was uh, yeah I tried to watch Deep Space Nine. I thought it was a little too silly. Like when when Next Generation's bad, it's pretty bad. You know, like Data's day at the museum. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty bad. But when it's good, it's 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 really good, and a lot of times it's almost Twilight Zone and outer space. There's some really cool stuff. Um, a lot of good questions about like timelines and 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 uh, multiverses and stuff like that. Although they do go way too heavy on the pseudoscience, like with the, the tachyon field and just not it's it's not real. Um, but they tr- they dress it up like it was. I, I prefer the the fantasy side of Star Wars where they don't even pretend. You know, they just say, you know what, we we got hyperdrive and we have instantaneous communication across the galaxy. That's what we got, and there's no way to, you know, they don't try to. Well, we do this by blah blah. Anyway, that having said, Deep Space Nine came across as totally silly. It was like all the worst episodes of Next Generation for like the first two or three seasons. But then people are like, you got to watch it. It's some of the most uh, darkest Star Trek out there. I think they're right, because I've been watching it, but I only... Netflix also does a good job of doing the summations, although sometimes there's spoilers in those of the episodes. And I've only been watching the episodes about the Dominion, which is the big bad guys in uh, Deep Space Nine. And holy cow, man, they're some of the best space battles of any science fiction is in Deep Space Nine when it comes to either the Cardassians, the the Dominion, or even there's a huge Klingon fleet battle. And uh, so I just thought I'd throw that out there because something I've been watching lately and kind of getting new interest in. Um, So skip all the silly, like, Quark's Day at the Park or whatever. Um, I hate the Fringy. Um... (laughs) But yeah, go watch the ones about the Dominion. Voyager supposedly also has a similarly really, really dark twist. It's almost like both of those um, those series, they realize like three seasons in, holy cow, we're losing a lot of people here. Let's just go all out and make this thing crazy, dark, and scary. And that's when it gets good. Are you even there? <laughs> I'm here. That's my challenge for you. Go back and watch some Dominion episodes. Now I will say, um, 
I really, really enjoy the Battlestar Galactica space battles. Oh, uh, heck yeah. <laughs> the Yeah, Battlestar Galactica, the, that remake is one of my favorite sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, it ranks as some of the best sci-fi out there, in my opinion. Um, oh, yeah, great, great. Yeah, I could talk about that <clears throat> for hours, too. Katie Sackhoff, well, Bo-Katan, yep. also Starbuck. I will say this. Um... I'm getting ready to finally watch the original Doctor Who, so the classic Doctor Who. Um, Not familiar. Yeah, I know. We've we've been. This is this is an issue. Because um, you'd enjoy. It. I don't know if you'd enjoy classic Doctor Who because I haven't watched classic Doctor Who um, yet. And I I am on a bunch of Doctor Who you know sites and. and blogs and facebook pages and stuff like that because we are we are well-rounded nerds here um <laughs> and that's important it's important to be well-rounded in your in your life um you know and there's always polls out there of like you know what's your favorite doctor you know which which version of the doctor or whatever and uh i always find it interesting because there's always somebody you know who picks two of the classic doctors <clears throat> and uh which is good, you know. I like the one that was in um, the leftovers. <laughs> I don't even know his name. I didn't see him in the Doctor Who. I, I just I love the leftovers. Assume that's Christopher David Eccleston. Tennant. Christopher Eccleston, I think, is his name. It's not David Tennant. I know that. Oh, just Eccleston from the <clears throat> the new Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, I don't know anything about. I don't know what that means—the new versus the old. Right. You you need to watch it. You would enjoy it. Um, so you should be. You should be watching. Um, in fact, that's. If you watch the one that's on HBO right now, you will start with Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. So. That's a. That's a good way to go. You should watch that show. Because um, it's good. So, I started watching The Next Generation around the same time as Jim, and then about a week and a half ago, um, I noticed Doctor Who and jumped back into it, and I'm, I'm watching Doctor Who, because I have a lot of Doctor Who to watch, and I realized that there's stuff that I haven't watched yet. So I'm doing some rewatch of Doctor Who so that I can watch the new stuff <laughs> um, that I haven't seen, and then I'm also going to go back and watch the classic Doctor Who which I've never seen so nice. I've decided to take a show that I'm pretty sure I'll enjoy um, and watch it with you know with also the excitement of watching something well, new so well with that in mind we also right. sci-fi in general Dune the new remake of uh, Dune uh, starring Timothy Chalamet apparently and uh uh who plays Aquaman? Uh, that the big guy. Talking uh, on it. Who plays Aquaman? <sighs> anyway, the the remake of 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 uh, Frank Herbert's classic novel into a movie, Dune, comes out October twenty second. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah, there's this will be the name? third. I can't it's either. Cal Drogo. Cal Drogo, yeah. Um, <laughs> I can think of that. Why can't I think of it? Um, Jason Momoa. 
There you Is go. Is that right? Yeah. Did you look it up? No, I didn't. Um, oh, okay. That's why I was like, is that right? Momoa, right? Jason Momoa? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so there's some sci-fi uh, out there waiting to happen. We'll see if that's going to be any good. Of course, they're hyping it big time, but, I mean, it's not like they'd go, ah, we made a movie, it's not that good. <laughs> so they're out there, oh, it's going to be incredible. It's amazing. you got to see Dune. I recommend reading it. It's, it is a novel about ideas not not events so movies will never ever ever do the book dune justice um but anyway i think we're done right. are we done um so one more thing i gotta make sure this is out there because it's important because um, i really want to talk about it because Shit. i'm a well-rounded nerd and it's important yeah, um yeah. netflix original kevin smith Oh, yeah. Written and directed Masters of the Universe Revelations. Um, five episodes long, 25-ish minutes each. Um, we are officially giving Jim homework before next Friday's podcast. Um, yeah, we will be back on to talk about comic books before then. We don't have to do the Masters of the Universe because we have reading homework to do before that. <laughs> um, hmm. So we'll be doing some reading, talking about comic books. Yeah. Um, but next Friday, at the end of our episode, we are going to have a Masters of the Universe talk because... Master. Master. Um, I, think I it's love important. Kevin Smith. And I saw Kevin Smith when he was in town doing their uh, James Hell and Bob reboot. That was really cool. They showed the movie, and then he came out and did like just a, uh, a question and answer thing. And it was kind of a smallish venue. Kevin Smith is awesome. Um, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we're done. I think we are done as well. Yeah. Um, We've made up for our absence. <laughs> it's a long podcast. All right, man. So there you go. Next week we're going to talk Bad Batch and uh, about some ideas for the show. And we got to get caught up on our comic books and blah, blah, blah. I think that's all she wrote. My name's Jim. I'm Tim. And this has been... Uh, Our certain, certain point of view. Point of view. Yeah. The may the force be with you. Always. This is the way. And also with you. Uh, we have spoken. All right. Uh, remember, brush twice just to make sure. And um, yeah. All right. Bye. Audio one. <laughs>